Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Matthew, chapter 5. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. As Jesus is gathered on the hillside there in the area of the Galilee, you know, and his disciples have come to him, and he has begun here in Matthew chapter 5 in the earlier part of the chapter to teach about Christian character and conduct. I want you to notice in your Bibles in Matthew chapter 5, if you're there, say amen. Notice the phrase, I want you to notice, you have heard. It appears, look in your Bibles, it appears in verse 21, 27, 33, 38, and 43. And there's a similar statement in verse 31, it hath been said. And then you'll also note in your Bibles in chapter 5, Jesus says, but I say unto you, you've heard it said, But I say unto you, appears in verses 22, 28, 32, 34, 39, and verse 44. Now, what's going on here? Jesus says, you've heard it's been said. Give me your attention. Jesus says, you've heard it been said, but I say unto you. Heard what said? Heard the law said. Heard what the Pharisees taught and what the prophets of old taught. You have heard what has been said. But I say unto you, Jesus is what he's doing here is he's taking the traditional view of the law and he is showing, if you're taking notes, the moral intent behind the law. You see, the Pharisees made the mistake of taking the traditional view of the law or let us call it the letter of the law. They've taken the letter of the law and sought to live the Christian life or to live a life pleasing to God by the letter of the law, crossing every T, dotting every I, living by the letter of the law. And Jesus is saying, listen, you can't live by the letter of the law. And that is not the purpose or intent of the Sermon on the Mount is to live by the letter. The purpose, the intent of the Sermon on the Mount is to get to the heart behind it. The moral intent behind it. So you have people who say, well, I live by the Sermon on the Mount. And that makes me a Christian. You have people who say, I live by the Ten Commandments. And that makes me a Christian. There are some people who say, well, I just live by the Golden Rule. Now, to me, the Golden Rule, I'm from a military background. And in the military, the Golden Rule says this. Whoever has the gold makes the rules. I don't live by the golden rule. 
So people think that if I live the Sermon on the Mount, if I keep the Ten Commandments or I live by the golden rule, that this is what makes me a Christian. And Jesus is saying, no, no, you're missing the point. The point is not the letter of the law. The point is the moral intent, the heart behind the law. Jesus is accentuating the spirit of the law rather than the letter of the law which makes it life-giving rather than life-draining. So last week, Jesus raised the bar and tightened the screws, talking about not just about the outward behavior, but the inward attitude. And he said, you shall not murder. Jesus went on to say, you have heard it been said, you shall not murder. But I say unto you, if you have anger in your heart, or you ever said, raka, to someone. Remember last week we talked about this word raka? It means blockhead. It means nitwit. It means idiot. If you've ever said any of these things. Now listen, I know that we're all guilty of murder. We're all guilty of saying raka because we've all driven on the 440. Have we not? Well, you know, somebody at the 440 is terrible someday. Raka! Blockhead! Idiot! We've all done it. Jesus says, listen, if you ever, ever, ever made an accusation, called someone a fool, you're guilty of murder. Jesus said again, you've heard it's been said, you shall not commit adultery. But I say unto you, if you continually lust after someone, you've committed adultery in your heart. The Pharisee said you can get a divorce for any and every reason. But Jesus said, if you get a divorce for anything other than sexual immorality, you cause a woman to commit adultery. You see, Jesus is getting to the heart of the matter. And so as you read the Sermon on the Mount, then it becomes clear that I can't live by the Sermon on the Mount. I can't do all these things in the Sermon on the Mount. It becomes clear to you, it should become clear to you, and it becomes clear to me that we are all murderers. Everyone's a murderer. Everyone's an adulterer. We're all guilty of sin. Every single one of us and every single one of us, all of us need the grace of God and the mercy of Jesus Christ because we're all guilty. Now the Greek word for all means all. There you go. You're all scholars now. Go, my children. Teach. The Greek word for all means all, and that's all, all means. And the Bible is clear. We are all guilty. So the point of the Sermon on the Mount is to show us that very thing. If you read on through the chapter, you will see that at the end of the chapter, the Bible makes it clear in verse 48. It says, now go and be ye perfect, even as I am perfect. So who's perfect? No one's perfect except Jesus He's not expecting you to be perfect. Remember, you're his beloved. He receives you like you are. He's not expecting you to be perfect. What he wants you to do is take your life and put it in the perfect one. And that's Jesus. He's the only perfect one. And then what happens is when you sin, listen, I I hope this is speaking to someone. When you sin and you say, God, forgive me of my sin, then what happens is the Bible says the blood of Jesus Christ 
cleanses you from your sin. And so when you sin, God doesn't see your sin. He sees his son's blood that covers your sin, that not only covers your sin, but takes away your sin. And not only that, but the Bible says that it casts your sin in the sea of forgetfulness. God doesn't remember your sin. And that takes the pressure off of me to have to be perfect or righteous. I don't have to be righteous. You don't have to be a Christian. How you doing, man? Well, I'm trying to be a Christian, trying to do the Christian thing. Listen, if you're trying to do the Christian thing, good luck. You don't have to try to do the Christian thing. You have to ask the Lord to live in you and work through you so that you can live as a Christian. God never tells anybody, you better live as a Christian. He doesn't. He says, let me live in you and through you and you'll live the life of a Christian. Doesn't that take the pressure off? And this is why Jesus has such a real problem with the Pharisees. Because they were saying, do it, do it, do it. You better do it. You better do it. They weren't saying, listen, God has done it all. They were saying, you do it. And Jesus says, no, no, you can't do it. Don't approach the Sermon on the Mount as if you can do it. Because you can't. It will lead to frustration, defeat, and bitterness. You see? So get to the heart behind the Sermon on the Mount. That's what Jesus is doing. That's what we're going to take a look at this morning. Two more teachings on the law as Jesus continues to get to the heart of the matter. Look at Matthew chapter 5, beginning in verse 33. Saints, if you're there, say amen. Amen. Again, Jesus says, you've heard that it has been said to those of old, you shall not swear falsely. So you guys thought I was kidding when I said we're going to talk about lying, right? You shall not swear falsely, but shall perform your oath to the Lord. But I say, and he said, you heard this, don't swear falsely, perform your oath. But I say, Jesus says, do not swear at all, neither by heaven, for it is God's throne, nor by the earth, for it is his footstool, nor by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. Nor shall you swear by your head, because you cannot make one hair white or black. But let your yes be yes and your no be no. I like the King James Version. The Queen's English says, let your yea be yea and your nay be nay, be no. For whatever is more than these is from the evil one. Now stop right there. Give me your attention. Jesus says, you have heard the prophets of old say, you shall not swear falsely. Or in other words, simply put, You shall not lie. Don't lie. George Barna of the Barna Research Institute, maybe maybe you are familiar with them, they did a survey and they found that 91% of Americans say they lie regularly. It's my guess that the other 9% were lying when they took the survey. Why? Because everyone lies. Everyone has told a lie for whatever reason that you think was a good reason, a bad reason, whatever it might be, 
Everyone has lied. Everyone is guilty of lying. Now, some people try to colorize lies. And they say, well, I told a white lie, which I have no idea what a white lie is. And I told a black lie. I don't know what a black lie is. The reality is a lie is a lie. We all know that. And Jesus said, don't lie. Tell the truth. You know, I heard this story of a minister who told his congregation, he said, next week I plan to preach about the sin of lying. To help you understand my sermon, I want you all to read Mark chapter 17. Well, the following Sunday, as he prepared to deliver his sermon, the minister asked for a show of hands. He wanted to know how many had read Mark chapter 17. Well, every hand went up and the minister smiled and said, Mark has only 16 chapters. I will now proceed with my sermon on the sin of lying. (laughs) Hello? Don't lie. Don't swear falsely. And for Pete's sake, don't lie in church. Okay, church is not the place to lie, all right? Don't lie at all. Don't swear falsely. Tell the truth. And not like the pharisaical kind of truthfulness and outward obedience to the law, but truthfulness that comes from an inward attitude of the heart. Tell the truth. Now, I want you to notice again in your Bibles in verse 33. Verse 33 is actually a composite of several Old Testament scriptures. He's quoting from Exodus chapter 20, verse 7, which says, You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. Don't take God's name in vain. Now, there are people, many people, who take God's name in vain in many different ways. I am never ceased to be amazed at how When people stub their toe, they stub their toe, they go, oh, Jesus. You ever see? Or they hit their finger with doing some hammer work in the shop or whatever, and they hit their finger and hit their thumb, and they go, oh, Jesus. Oh, my Lord. I'm amazed at how come the name of Jesus is so misused, used in a curse word even, used as a cuss word. How come when they stub their toe, they don't say, oh, Buddha. Or or, or you heard them people say this, they go, Jesus, H. Christ. You ever heard that? I'm like, whoa, man, hold it down. Let me get my 36. Jesus, H. Christ. How come when they stub their toe or hit their finger, they don't say, you know, Harry, H. Krishna. Oh, man. Oh, Confucius. Oh, Buddha. How come? But it's Jesus' name. You see, I think, here's just my, my theory. Okay, my theory, speculation. I I believe that that is the enemy. Because I believe that the enemy knows that there is power in the name of Jesus. If you agree with that, say amen. There is power. (laughs) There is power in the name of Jesus. And let me tell you something. There is no other name that has power in it. Think about it. Johnny, 
I love you, Johnny, but that doesn't hit you, does it? Mike. Harry. Steve. Yeah. Nah, I love you, Steve. Rodney. Mm. <laughs> Hallelujah. But Jesus. Jesus. I, I, I love to even say the name. Someone once said it's the sweetest name I know. It, it, it really is. I mean, think about it. There's power in his name. And the Bible says it is at the name of Jesus. You know it. That every knee shall bow. Say it with me. And every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. There's power in the name of Jesus. That song I love to sing. Jesus, Jesus, there's something about that name. Master, Savior, Jesus. Jesus. And, and I think Satan knows that. And that's why people so willingly and readily, without even thinking about it, oh, Jesus. Because there's power in his name. The Bible says don't take his name in vain. You know, if you do that, let me encourage you, stop. Don't do that. Don't take his name in vain. Jesus has a composite, as I said, of several Old Testament scriptures. Exodus, as I just quoted, verse 20 is one of them. He goes on with Leviticus chapter 19, verse 12. And you shall not swear by my name falsely, nor shall you proclaim or profane the name of your God. I am the Lord. Numbers 30, verse 2. If a man makes a vow to the Lord or swears an oath to bind himself by some agreement, he shall not break his word. He shall do according to all that proceeds out of his mouth. Jesus is simply saying, listen, don't lie. Couples, listen, don't lie. Remember your vows? Remember your vows? For richer, for poorer, in sickness and in health, till death do us part. Don't lie. I like to tell people, love is not a passing emotion, but a continued devotion. Don't lie. You made your vows to each other before friends and family and most importantly, before God, don't lie. Keep your vow. Don't swear falsely. That's what Jesus is saying. Keep your vow to the Lord. And notice Jesus says, don't swear at all in our text. Be, don't swear at all by heaven because it's God's throne or the earth because it's God's footstool. And don't swear by Jerusalem because it's the city of the great king. He says, don't even swear by your own head because you can't make one hair white or black. Then this is apparently before the days of Clairol and, and Revlon and, and L'Oreal. Thank you. Yeah. All right. All right. <laughs> it's apparently before those days. 
I mean, nowadays people have very, their hair is every color of the rainbow almost. I mean, you know, you can have your hair any color you want. But Jesus says, look, you can't, you can't change a thing. Nothing is in your control. So don't swear. Don't worry. Don't be anxious. Let your yes be yes and your no be no. Now listen, listen closely. The Pharisees, they perverted the law of swearing and oath-taking by putting the law in two categories. Remember I said the Pharisees would oftentimes make a law to to nullify the previous law because they, they just kept breaking the law and kept making other laws. Well, in this case, they would pervert God's law by taking this law of oath-taking and, and swearing, and they put this law into two categories. They put it into the binding vows and the non-binding vows, or the binding contracts and the non-binding contracts. And the difference between the two was if you use the name of God in your vow. You see, if you use God's name, it was binding. But if you didn't use God's name, it wasn't binding. This reminded me of when we were kids. You remember when you would take your, somebody would, you know, make you give your word. And they say, are you going to do it? You go, yeah. And then you take your fingers and cross them and put them behind your back. You remember those days? Are you, you going to do it? Yeah, uh-huh, I'm going to do it. Sure, sure. And then it's time for you to make good on your commitment. And they go, you're going to do it? Nope, nope, because I had my fingers crossed. You remember that? <laughs> You remember that? Or if your finger, oh, well, you can't cross your fingers. So what I would do is I'd cross my legs. You know, I'd stand there and go, my fingers aren't crossed. My fingers aren't crossed. You going to do it? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Come time to make good on my commitment. You going to do it? Nope, because I crossed my legs. Oh, man. And he said, okay, you got to uncross your legs and uncross your fingers. Okay, good. You going to do it? Yeah, uh-huh. And then I cross my eyes. <laughs> right? Just cross something. All you got to do is cross something. Cross your ears. Do something. But cross something. And you don't have to keep your vow. Well, the Pharisees did the same thing. They would say, well, you got the non-binding vows and you got the binding vows. And it just depends on whether you swore by God. Jesus says, listen, don't do that. Heaven is God's throne. Earth is his footstool. And Jerusalem is the city of the king. And Jesus says, listen, you can say whatever you want. You can cross as many fingers as you want. But God looks at the heart. And God wants your speech to be truthful and sincere. Not like the legalistic Pharisees who emphasize the letter of the law and not the heart of the law. Legalism is alive and well in the church today. Have you noticed? Well, always you can't do this and you can't do that. And if you do this, you're going to hell. And if you do that, you're going to hell. And you can't, you can't, you can't, you can't, you can't. One sister came to me last week. And she was telling me that she just came from a church that told her that if she danced, she was going to hell. And she said, Pastor Rodney, can Christians dance? I said, well, some can and some can. <laughs> I mean, I, I personally can. I mean, oh, you don't want me to get going now. Oh, well, some can and some can. I mean, what do you want me to tell you here? You're not going to go to hell if you dance. Now, 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 granted, okay, for some of you skeptics, yes, there are some types of dancing 
that I would not recommend say amen. You know what I'm talking about, all right? But the legalism in the church today and the oppression that people put on people and telling them that they're going to go to hell if you do this, you're going to go to hell if you do that. How about instead of telling people what they can't do, why don't you tell them what they can do? You can love God. You can serve God. You can allow the spirit of God to work in a person and allow God to change their life. I have seen it happen a hundred times. We don't have time to go over it today where God has people have come in and I may see a certain thing. And the Holy Spirit says, you know what? You don't need to say anything about that. You keep teaching the word of God and you watch the word of God go to work and he can change you better than Rodney can. And he does. I have seen it time and time and time again where the spirit of God has worked through the word of God to change the hearts of God's people. And I don't have to be the bad guy. Let the Holy Spirit be the bad guy. You see, the Holy Spirit to be the bad guy. Don't do this and don't do that. And do this and do that. And you find yourself not all caught up in pharisaical legalism. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.